Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. This is Chris Martha. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both been in ministry for uh, over 17 years and seen just about everything. And as messed up as we are because of it, we're ready to dive in and bring some light to the truth. Nope, that's not it. And Chris, I messed this one up. But you know what? We're going to go with it. We're hoping to bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. And that is our segue (laughs) into inadequacy. We're going to be talking about that today. Um, But first, we wanted to follow up with you guys a little bit about our last episode last week. We talked about evangelization and catechesis. We talked a lot about how those two topics, kind of comparing them to each other, it's probably going to be a couple of shows. Um, and we even teased that this might be that show. Um, we're going to go ahead and delay that and kick that can down the road for a couple of reasons. But one of them is actually during the episode, uh, we found ourselves feeling like inadequate. We don't have a mastery over the documents, nor do we find ourselves as the only source in regards to evangelization or catechesis. Praise be Jesus. <laughs> and like, I, I struggle with that too, because even, even with a master's degree, I don't, I don't retain a lot of the information from all the documents that I've read and, and, and things like that. I don't, I don't pride myself or think of myself as an academic. And I feel like some of those discussions can lead very much into academic discussions of what was said in this document, what was said in that document. And I really want this podcast to be about like our experience, like what it's like, real life kind of pastoral um, responses to those kind of things. And so while we were, again, like last week, while we were talking about this, I in, internally, I felt inadequate and I was like, okay, wait, this is a, this is a real feeling. This is something that youth ministers or, or pastors, DREs, they deal with this day in and day out. They have situations that come up and, and they need to respond to those situations while they have those feelings of inadequacy. And so I wanted to dive into that, you know, this week. Good. One thing that I experienced just recently, uh, you know, with Next Level Ministry, I do some youth ministry coaching, and I was talking to someone I mean, just recently about kind of where their needs are, where their growth area is, and, and they basically said, I don't even know if I'm the right person. Wow. And, uh, and what they meant by that is they, they didn't feel adequate to be able to share the gospel. Yep. And I had to let this person know, I said, I have a master's degree in theology and over 17 years experience in ministry, and... I'm inadequate to share the gospel. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Jesus Christ who is worthy of carrying such a cause forward. You know yeah, what I mean? Yep. Um, so one thing I take solace in is that God works through us, but God also works in spite of us. Yep. And so if you're out there wondering, like God is going to make your efforts and multiply them, or he's going to take your efforts and still reach people in spite of them. God desires people to come to know him. And uh, if we get to be take part in that, then we're blessed. Yeah. And maybe like one of the things we might want to do here and what I want to do here is share experiences where we know we felt that inadequacy and how did we respond? Um, and then maybe we'll look at, you know, in in future things, because there was a Gallup poll recently that we saw and we want to talk about that a little bit and how stuff like that can make us feel inadequate and in, in what our response would be. And so like one of the things that most recently for me where I feel felt inadequate and it's so weird because like, Sometimes I feel like I should be like a grown up, mature minister and not feel these feelings of doubt and inferiority and being self conscious. But at the benefit dinner last week, so we, uh, Blaze had our benefit dinner. 
last week and obviously I'm, I'm the president of a blaze and so I'm coordinating the event and making sure things happen and I am a nervous wreck you know at this event this is not my first benefit dinner it's not my first large event but I am like my gut was just churning and I, I felt like running and hiding in the corner, you know, and, and not being there, you know, and I feel like that's normal. A lot of times, like as far as how I responded, you know, it was one of those things where I just had to like, bring it back to Jesus, focus back on him and, and remind myself how much he loves me, how much he, you know, has given me to be able to do what I'm doing in that moment. And it's interesting because it wasn't like an interview where you should have been nervous. Yeah. Like everyone at the benefit dinner knew what you do and what a blaze does and they want to see you succeed. Yeah. Like that yeah. those were the only people in the room. There were no yeah. naysayers, there were no hecklers, there were no protesters, nothing like that. Those were all people that want to champion God working in you and through you with a blaze ministries. And uh and yet you were still nervous. Where do you think that came from? You know, there's no doubt that it, like it comes from my own human brokenness and, you know, from the evil one wanting to distract me, you know, from from the good that we're doing here. Um, and so that's where like that knowing who you are as a child of God, you know, is going to be what gets you through some of these toughest things, you know, and looking at yourself like he sees you. And I've I've there's it's so it's kind of awesome how God has planned, you know, our vocations, you know, to get us to heaven. I look at how I look at my kids when they're doing things and it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It doesn't matter if it's like, I don't know, like their first place. I love watching them do what they do. And I love watching them share their gifts, you know, and that was like taking solace in that, you know, and that that's how God looks at me. That's what he sees. He's like, Matt, just do you, do you, you know, and it's not that whole you do you thing because that bugs me, but you know, it's uh, it's, I love you and I love watching you share your gifts. So just do that. Even imperfectly. I yeah. love watching you try. Yeah. Like teaching teaching our kids how to ride a bike. The, the struggle and even the fear that existed. And then to journey with them in that until they're pedaling down the street on their own is a, is, is, is a profound experience of like, you're not, you're not the best. Yeah. But you're way better than you were just an hour ago. And <laughs> I'm so stinking proud of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's an important thing because... I think that Pope Francis probably at times feels inadequate. I think about <laughs> these people who don't seem nervous. If you've ever seen Jason Everett give a presentation or a Matthew Kelly, um, or even like going to a concert with uh, Matt Maher, you know, um, not to bring too many Canadians into the conversation, <laughs> but um, just, just, all. No. Yeah, just both of them. And so <laughs> to, to speak to that reality, I think that they do as well. And what we see... It's like the, the duck on the pond, as as calm and, tran- and translucent or tra- whatever. It's just calm and beautiful. But <laughs> underneath the water, those legs are running around like crazy. Yeah. And I think that behind the scenes of any minister, there are these feelings of nervousness, of inadequacy, of, uh, of doubt. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because behind the scenes of any youth minister, there's a spiritual war going on between um, between them and God's desires for them and the devil wanting to completely dismantle that. Absolutely. And it may even be like, that, that, that may even be a lot of reason or some reasons why youth ministers don't even go into the field or why people don't go into ministry is they feel like they're inadequate to be in that role. And, uh, and so it's not just like, 
It's not just us, you know, who have taken that leap or made that commitment. It's people who haven't made those commitments yet, you know, who are not, they don't see themselves in that role, even though God does. I see that, especially with volunteer recruitment. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have that everyone's experienced this where they've been told no by someone they've asked to volunteer just because they're like, I, I don't know enough about Jesus to be able to, to share him. Yeah. And, and then we need to be reminded, well, actually, by virtue of our baptism, we are commissioned to share God. Amen. And we are filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to do just that. And it, it goes back to this old, um, I don't know, a proverb type of thing that I heard, that God does not call the prepared. God prepares the called. Yep. And we are called, and sometimes it's walking out, and it's scary. Yeah. And it's hard. And... It's scriptural as well. We look at Moses and Moses couldn't talk too good. (laughs) Right? And he's like, no thanks. No thanks, God. Like, talk about bold. Like, Moses, I have in just all the, like, he just killed a dude and then God calls him. And you almost be like, yeah, thanks for not smiting me. Um, I'll do whatever whatever you want. Yeah. 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 But, but instead he's like, well, send someone else. I don't, I don't talk too good. And what does God do in regards to that? He acknowledges. He acknowledges it and says, then I will send with you Aaron. Yeah. And yeah, I'll uh, take care of your fear. Let's move yeah. forward. And, but, but, but Moses, in a bold and maybe, uh, I don't know, inadequate way, right? <laughs> um, he goes ahead and he presents the fear to God. And like, I'm not, uh, I pick someone else, not it. Yeah. And, uh, and then God goes ahead and removes it. And so I think that one of the things for dealing with inadequacy that I think is healthy for us as ministers is not to be afraid to bring it to God. Yeah. Absolutely. Not, not to be afraid to bring it to the people we're serving with. Hey, yeah. guys, I'm at the front here. I'm leading us tonight. But, you know, this doesn't happen because of me. You know, yeah. we had a great ministry session. We had a great benefit dinner. But the success of the benefit dinner wasn't your speech. Nope. Although it was a pretty good speech, hey, Matt Rice. Thanks. Yeah. But uh, the success of the benefit dinner was the fact that people responded in their hearts to God's promptings through the context that we were just able to be blessed to be in the room to help set up, you know? And as cheesy and trite as that saying that you said earlier, you know, preparing the called and calling the prepared as cheesy as that is like, I've actually seen God using that in a, in a different way as well. So not just giving you kind of, I guess, uh, a little more confidence in taking that step, you know, um, that God will prepare you, but to be ready for him to prepare you. Because he's going to give you, like, again, depending on the leadership role that you're walking into, he's going to give you opportunities to grow in areas that you need to grow in. Um, he's going to put you through, you know, different, uh, I, I don't want to say trials, you know, or experiences where he's going to grow you in leadership. And so pay attention to those, you know, and, and look for those. What we, Chris looks like he's going to say something and I need to stop referencing this stupid Zoom video, but I can't help it when you make faces. Go, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you not make faces it's a face it's right here i didn't make it god made this face um and it's beautiful so we we should submit submit our insecurities to god we should recognize that god is going to um prepare us by virtue of our calling um no one is adequate to share the gospel um but all things are made perfect in the hands of our Father. I'm interrupting you. Uh, I, I, like every time you say that, for some reason, it, it doesn't sit right with me. Um, like no one is adequate um, to share the gospel. Like explain that to me a little bit. Like what do you mean by that? I guess I struggle with that verse. Be perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect. Uh-huh. Like that's a pretty high bar, 
And yep. I don't think that anyone is going to be able to share the gospel perfectly. Okay. Now, I think that an argument could be made that, uh, or that we're all inadequate to share the gospel, all inadequate to share the message of Jesus Christ, because we don't have a comprehensive understanding of the message of Jesus Christ. No one has comprehensive ownership of the gospel, but we all have encountered, and we can share that encounter and that experience in our own brokenness, and maybe that alone makes us more worthy. I mean, I think I see where you're going. Maybe that alone makes us more worthy to be able to share the gospel because the people we're sharing it with are also broken people. Well, and and like, so if broken people can't share broken, you know, with other broken people, the gospel has to be accessible to people. Yeah. Well, so like, I guess the reason that I push back is just the term adequate. Like that's not, I mean, you're not saying perfect. <laughs> like you're saying you are adequate to share the gospel, you know? And, and so if you say you're inadequate, I mean, I'm not even at this lowest bar that you've set, you know, and, and all of us aren't that low, you know, at least that's, that's the way that I, you know, see it. No, you're, and your, your point is well made. I think that, uh, if everyone is called by virtue of their baptism to share the gospel, then we all have to be adequate on some level. Yeah. Um, and that, that's different than insecurity, yeah. you know, and I, I think that sometimes in our insecurity, we define perfection as adequacy, as I have just done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, buddy, I had to do it. No, you're right, though. But if, if I can't do something perfect, I shouldn't do it at all. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, like, that's not I the bar that he sets. If I can't spend time with my kids perfectly, then I shouldn't spend time with them at all. Guess who's fatherless now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's go ahead and let's uh, let, let's mess things up um, yeah. or let's move forward hoping that God's going to take it and make the best of it that he can. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was listening to uh, um, another podcast um, the other day and they were interviewing a, a musician. Um, th- this is a shout out to Catching Foxes. I have to say it because I really enjoy their podcast. Um, but they had a musician on. One of the things he was talking about is how when he creates something – um, and then 10 years later, he creates something else. They may actually be completely opposite from each other. But the first guy, you know, the 10 year older version of himself, um, is still a part of who he is. You know, he may know more now and may be doing better music now, but the person that he was, was still a part of who he is and he respects that person. So the reason that I say that is you are adequate right now to do exactly what God wants you to do right now. You may become more adequate later and look back and think, oh man, you know, why did I do that? Or why did I do this? But don't, don't like attack yourself in a way because you know what you know right now. And that's God wants to use that. God wants to use you as you are right now. Um, and he's also going to help you grow. You know, that's the whole thing. Like God loves you right where you're at, but he also wants you to take the next step, whatever that is. And fear is tied to inadequacy because it prevents us from taking the next step. Yep. So, Matt, how have you dealt with inadequacy? How do you go ahead and overcome? I know you just had, had nerves and a glass of wine at the benefit dinner. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little liquid courage never helps. It never hurts, right? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. A little bit. A little A little. Bit. Okay, okay, within reason. <laughs> uh, but but what, what, what would you give to someone who's like, no, I, I just my inadequacy has turned into a no. Yeah, that's and it's it's really tough. And I think the I, I look back at in and how God has worked in my life. And there have been like and I don't know if I've shared this yet on this podcast. But one of the things that I know that I struggle with is a fear of failure. 
you know, is, is what I'm going to do going to fail, you know, and there were, there were things that I did in my past to kind of compensate for that, you know, in the wrong way. But, you know, before we started, you know, ablaze, I was terrified, you know, to, to take that leap. And it was just this, okay, you know, if it fails, it's going to fail and I'm going to fail gloriously, you know, for God. Um, now that, that leap was really hard, you know, and it was one of those things where I just had to reflect back on how God worked in my life up to that point. But I would say, like, honestly, I would coach people to look at something like a little smaller, something, something smaller that you're maybe a little scared to step out and do, um, and start with that. You know, if, if you, if you're saying no to something big, is there something small you're saying no to or something small that you just don't want to say yes to? in practice with, with, with something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, one piece for me is when I'm feeling inadequate, liquid courage isn't the the way to go. (laughs) 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 Most of the time I'm working with, uh, you know, uh, adolescents and, and, and and minors and things like that. And (laughs) I don't don't know if you can't take a shot right before you give a talk at a youth night. Uh, It just doesn't work that way. It'd be awkward. Um, (laughs) Boy, that might change the way youth ministry runs. And I'm not sure if it would be a negative change. Um, nevertheless, um, here we go. So, I, but I do think that there's, there's courage that comes from, from other people. Yeah. You know, to go ahead and, and pour into someone and say, hey, I'm a little bit nervous about this talk. And, of course, the natural, oh, no, you'll do fine. But if you have people that really love you and care about you, they're not just going to say, oh, no, you'll do fine. They'll also say, I've seen you do this before, Chris. You were gifted in this area. Yep. And they're going to go ahead and pour in and give affirmation and uh, and things like that. So I would say that don't be afraid to share it with people who journey with you as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. The um, Keep going. Okay, Sorry. yeah. So I'm going to keep going. Another way, another way to do it um, in regards to dealing with inadequacy is I sometimes crowdsource my inadequacy. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I'll go ahead and look at okay, so I'm going to present this topic in this way, or I'm going to seek to lead these volunteers in this way, and then I'll crowdsource it. What that means for me is hitting the Googles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what have other people done in the past to effectively uh, lead a team or um, present on this topic or you know, develop a fun icebreaker for a retreat or something like that? And I'll go ahead and see people who have taken that journey before, and I'll say, okay, this seemed to have worked enough for them to write a blog post about it. This seemed to work enough for them to put it on the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that'll give me the courage to go ahead and say, and it's never the same thing. Yeah. It's never like, oh, I was going to do exactly what they were doing. But it gives me the courage to someone else has journeyed this pathway before me. Yeah. Then I too can journey. And it's funny because the lives of the saints are like heroic stories of gospel sharing, innovation, time after time after time. And some of them gave their lives for it. And I just don't want to lose my pride over it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the one of the things Chris and I saw recently was a Gallup poll. Um, and it was talking about mass attendance, you know, among Catholics, you know, and how it's still on the decline. Um, and situations like that, and even situations in your youth group um, or in your parish, you know, when something happens, like we, we recently like had another death, you know, at one of our youth programs. And that's the third one in the third year in a row where in the spring we've, we've lost a kid. Um, and when you're faced with situations like that, or when you look at the statistics, you know, of what's going on in the church, you, like it may be paralyzing to see that and think, man, you know, I am completely inadequate to respond to this situation. I've never experienced this. I don't know what to do. 
Um, how would you how, have you experienced something like that, Chris? You know, and how would you respond to that, or how would you recommend someone respond to situations like that? I was blessed to be uh, part of um, the, the St. Francis Cabrini Catholic Church growing up, which is in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, the summer of my junior to senior year in college, or sophomore, whatever, at some point in college, the summer of 2000, the year 2000, I was an intern at that parish. And so my internship started 30 days after the Columbine shooting took place in Littleton, Colorado. Wow. And the youth minister there handled it in a spectacular way. Um, of course, like I said, probably underneath the water, the duck's legs were kicking around like crazy. And I bet. I'm sure there was a lot of chaos surrounding that. Um, but by the time I got there a month later, there was a confidence that was being uh, pushed forward in regards to no one knows how to handle this, but I'm going to lead the charge. Yeah. And other people were mo- motivated and mobilized to go ahead and help because everyone on the inside wanted to help and do something. Yeah. Um, and they just needed some leadership to be able to follow so that they could support that, so that they could feel a part of bringing healing to, you know, this, this, this horrible situation. Yep. And so, um, so I would say being paralyzed, um, get out in front of it. Yeah. And this is not like a PR thing. You need to get out in front of the bad news or anything like that, <laughs> but get out in front of it. Yeah. And, and you can get out in front of it to say, yes, this sucks. This yeah. is horrible. We've lost life. It's unfortunate. Um, but God still has a plan. Amen. God is still alive here. And we can just speak the truths that we know to be true over any case. Yep. God desires healing. God desires hope in this situation. And sometimes we need to hear those things for ourselves. Yeah. Even though we're the ones that need to say it for others as well. Absolutely. And so don't be afraid to be that person to say, okay, what if... I were giving advice to me right now, or what if I was speaking to my own brokenness? What would I say? Yeah. And then you go and you find yourself in those situations, and you be the voice of God back to yourself, but you share it with others because other people need to hear that message as well. Yeah, a theme that I've I've heard from you know some of the things you've been saying and what we said so far in this podcast is, you know, in a way, bring it into the light. You know, holding it inside, holding that that fear or that feeling of inadequacy, holding that inside. Um, and keeping it secret is not going to help, you know, anything like bring that fear, like kind of like what we're doing here on this podcast, like bring it to someone that you trust and say, Hey, I feel inadequate. And that's one of the things that you said earlier. I feel inadequate. Um, bringing it out in the light, sometimes just saying it, you know, and, and exposing it for what it is, you will like, it will lose power. It will lose power when you bring it to the light. Amen. Yeah, and the, the other piece would be that God desires success. There's not a Catholic church in the world where God is like, I desire mediocre catechesis, or I desire people <laughs> not to come to know me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's God's voice. I, <laughs> Hi, this is God. You know, um, But there's not, there's not a situation. And if he has put you in that position as a ministry leader, then he desires your success as well. Yeah. And in spite of our inadequacies, that should give us a little bit of confidence. Yep. You know, the only situation I can imagine is if you killed someone to get that ministry leadership position. And then it's like, <laughs> God does not desire you to be that ministry leader. But every other situation, he is going to go ahead and give you the support, and, you know, the courage and the resources, even if it's a shoestring type of reality. Yep. And he's going to use that and multiply those gifts. And so it's doing. Do not be p- paralyzed by inadequacy. Do not let fear or insecurity paralyze you move when you talked about killing someone i wasn't sure if you were bringing like full circle back to moses like 
you know, he didn't exactly kill someone to get the position, but it wouldn't yeah. be far. Well, yeah, that that is true. Yeah, he had the, he had right to that throne if he uh, if he would have played the game right. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story. Um, the uh, one of the things I want to say, and this is probably going to be a recurring theme on almost all of our podcasts, is you know being able to respond to situations like this, being able to respond to that feeling of inadequacy or fear. Um, is impossible without a prayer life, you know, without daily, you know, reflection daily, just spending time with Jesus, because the, the more time you spend with him, the more comfortable you will be with him to share with him the inadequacies that we feel. Um, and so that's, that's, that's gotta be there to be able to respond to this. Amen to that. And, and those inadequacies don't have to define your prayer life either no yeah we, absolutely we want the prayer life to be in such a way that you could just talk to a friend and be like god this and god that and oh by the way i'm feeling a little nervous here yeah absolutely and uh, em- embrace me and hold me and uh and a father roots on his child you know my kids they're gifted um but they're not like Mona Lisa gifted, right? <laughs> like I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> like they're gifted their artists, smile you know. You that give beautiful them, you, or you, no, no. You give them a there... box of crayons and some computer paper, and all of a sudden we have this art. Yeah, yeah. And some of it is absolutely like, whoa! There's no way a seven year old should be able to draw at that level. Mm-hmm. But it's not going in a museum. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? If, if people came and looked at it, they'd be like, what, did a seven-year-old draw this? You know, like, that would, <laughs> that's what they would say. But then they showcase it to me, the father, and guess what? It goes on my fridge. You love it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And yes, we as ministry leaders are inadequate in a number of different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Should that lead to insecurity? Absolutely not. Because God takes our scribbles and he puts them up on our fridge and he's proud of us. Yep. And he's honored by it and he's glorified by it. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't like every, every analogy breaks down, but I've got to say it, Chris, because eventually those do go into the trash. <laughs> like God doesn't, God doesn't put them in the trash. But I, like, I don't know how many of your kids scribbles you keep forever. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Do, do your children <laughs> listen to the podcast, Matt Rice? Because they're <laughs> they, crying they right now. They probably will. My they're older crying. ones will. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we, we have boxes. Um, you don't and- keep them all. There is no way you keep them all. So you have to go ahead. Okay, this is not the analogy. Just to clarify to the listeners, this is not the analogy out there. So the analogy has stopped. But yes, so that and balloons. When they bring balloons home from birthday parties, they are ticking time bombs of disappointment. Eventually, the darn thing's going to pop, and then there's going to be tears, right? So what do you do? You put the kids to bed. And then you go ahead and squeeze the end of the balloon and bite a little yeah. hole in it so it deflates itself. And then you put it in the outside trash can. Yeah, or the bottom of the trash can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Along with some of the things on the fridge that have served their time well. Yes, that's where it all goes. Um, Sorry, not Chris. all of it, but that's where a lot of it goes. Golly. I love the analogy. I mean, and you are absolutely 100% right. It is beautiful. Like, he loves everything that we do. Um, but like every analogy breaks down. And that one kind of broke down in a funny way. So I had to share it. <laughs> It didn't. It didn't break down. You broke it down. Now let's let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, that's true. Um, I love so you, don't, Chris. So yeah. So don't do that. Um, don't 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 rain on other people's parades. But do pray for them. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And do develop an amazing prayer life, you guys. Um, inadequacy is a reality. Yep. So when it comes up, don't run. Um, don't run from ministry. Don't run from action. But rather, run to the Father, or run to another ministry leader, and just share it. Amen. Bring it into the light. And, uh, and pray for those who, who struggle, which is everyone. Absolutely. So, All right. Anything else, Chris? 
No, I just ask that you'd uh, write us a review on iTunes and share this with another ministry leader um, and subscribe to the podcast. Let's get this thing out there. That's right. And if you want to support us on patreon.com slash MLA podcast. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for and with another ministry leader. We'll see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.